Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Such a cool thing. So two things I want to throw out quickly uh, for my black family. I want to throw something out because I know these times are exhausting emotionally, mentally and spiritually. I want to really encourage you that, you know, social media can go a bit loud and can go a bit crazy. I want to encourage you with a digital Sabbath. So you may want to go hard for six days, diving in, reading it, seeing it all, um, seeing all the stuff that's going on and sharing your own stuff. You may want one day where you just completely switch it off because uh, social media can just absolutely sap you of everything when it's something so important as this. So I just really want to encourage everyone, you know, hey, take a digital Sabbath because it's, this situation isn't going anywhere and it's going to need the best you and the best all of us in this time that we can just absolutely maximize and give everything we have um, in this situation. So I really want to encourage you guys, six days, go ham with your social media, but take one day out because everyone I'm speaking to is feeling so tired and drained. And I totally, it's understandable why everyone is. So I want to encourage you with that. Second thing is I shared something yesterday. I'm going to share it again today. He's even with us on this feed right now. Freedom and Balance, Mr. Andre, has created a fantastic resource called I Love Us. It's a journaling for seven days. The first six days are working through tons and tons of kind of like thoughts. And it's it's for black people to... Uh, process everything that's going on, internalize it, because everything we do at the moment is just vocally out on social media. And for our mental health, it's a great thing to take the time to really think these things through, to process it, and and to allow that healing to happen that we can then step forward. So it's got six days of fantastic stuff. I've seen the first two days, and it's great content, great questions, great opportunities to journal and internalize. Um, everything that's going on around that can bring wonderful health and wellness to your life. And then on the seventh day, reflecting and looking back at everything you've created. I guarantee it's going to be something that will bless you and really, really strengthen you. So I want to throw those two things out right now. So we're looking at John chapter 2, verse 13. Father, I just pray you be here. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you receive us as we are? But would you not leave us this way, Father? I pray you don't leave us this way. In Jesus' name, amen. So in John chapter 2, John chapter 2, I'll post a link on the page, don't you worry, I did yesterday, I'm going to do it again today. John chapter 2, verse 13, the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he had found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers sitting there, making a whip of cords, he drove them all, all, Jesus didn't discriminate, he drove them all out, with sheep, with oxen, I mean this must have been a sight to see, and he poured out the coins of the money changers, and he overturned their tables, and he told those who sold pigeons, take these things away, don't make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. One of the things I've noticed is that over time, the things that creep into our lives and inside of us are hard to remove. And especially things like 
possessions and money. Over times that things that are of value that are hard to remove uh, are things that we need to make space for people to encounter God. Now, here's what I mean by that. So the Jewish people had very clear guidelines and identity around the temple. The space that Jesus has come to with a whip and the space that Jesus has come to with um, this act of aggression is the only real time you see Jesus aggressive. It's the only time you really see him like rags us on and he's just like fully in vexation. You don't see it. Zeal for his house will consume you. That's what what the disciples remember that it was said in the scriptures and zeal for his father's house consumes him. So in this moment, Jesus is walking into an area of of the temple, the only area, get this, this is why this is so key. You can read this story and miss it and just focus solely on money. So focus solely on financial gain. Don't get me wrong. Some of those things, this, this materialistic culture we live in, it's so toxic. It's so poisonous. It's so inherently evil. But the key thing you need to know about this story is that the area of the temple where this is taking place is the only, the only place where anyone watching live right now could come and pray. Because I'm going to guess and go on a limb that there isn't a single Jew watching online today. If there is, please let me know. Make yourself known in the comments or in the emojis, whatever way you see fit. I'm going to go on a limb that none of us could have gone anywhere else in the temple. This would have been the only space in the temple where we could come and we could pray. So the only time we see Jesus absolutely lose the plot is when a people group are being excluded. I'm going to say that again. The only time you see Jesus lose the plot and start flipping out and flipping things over, you don't see it anywhere else. You only see it when the only space available for Gentiles, non-Jews, to come and pray because it was said that his father's house was to be a house of prayer for who? For the nations, for all people. And the one time of year is Passover, the busiest time of year. What they've done is they've allowed the value of themselves, the value of self-interest, the value of materialism to slip in to the point, to the point where it removes any space for anyone else to come and connect with God. Maybe you don't hear what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this is God's house and they are not allowing anyone else to breathe. This is God's house and they're not allowing anyone else to come and pray. This is God's house for the nations and there's no room for anyone else but themselves. And not only that, they've done it so that they can have monetary gain and make money at this expense. And that is the only time you see Jesus in the whole of the New Testament lose it. He loses it this one time. The Passover of the Jews was at hand. Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple. He found those who were selling oxen, sheep, pigeons, money takers. And making, he didn't find making a whip of cords. He made it. He intentionally made a whip of cords to clear everyone out. Clear everyone out. Because he knew of the absolute importance to create space for others to know God. He knew of the absolute importance it was that this was a house of prayer for the nations. Now, being white, I can honestly say I remember hearing Black Lives Matters for the first time. 
And I just want to encourage all my, all my black friends that are tuned in today that often one of the greatest books I've ever read is called Words That Work. And the subtitle for that book is, it's not what you say, it's what they hear. And so when white people have heard all black lives matter, their response has been all lives matter. And the response for that has been because it's not what you've said, it's what they've heard. And what you've said has been just completely misunderstood. They don't know and they're not aware of what it's like to be black, particularly in America, but also in the UK. And so when they've heard it, they've heard a certain demographic of lives being pushed ahead. And I tell you what, I've had a tough week talking with so many different people, letting people know as much as I can from what I've heard from all my wonderful family at City Hill that have spent time educating me, informing me and letting me know. And even today in the pre-church service, getting schooled uh, by Trina was an amazing thing, hearing about how her family have experienced things. I'm going to have another week now of just thinking constantly about that and how I can check myself and how I approach things. And I just want to say that this passage is completely soaked in this. That you see, they had got to a place where they had become so consumed with their self, they didn't leave room for anyone else. And, and, and for a lot of white people, this has unintentionally happened. For some, there are racists who this has very intentionally happened. And we're in a space right now where I really feel and I know and I believe that the tables have to be flipped over and questions have to be asked. And every single one of us has to ask this question. Where and what are the tables in my life right now that are stopping me from creating room from someone different than myself? Because you see, we all do it and it creeps in over time. It creeps in over time. It's an uncomfortable thing to say. It's not a nice thing to say. But you see, we can go on through our lives living some sort of... You see, church is one of the most segregated times of the week. If not in America, the most segregated time in the week. And we have to ask the question, well, what are the tables I've put out that's stopping someone who's not like me from coming? What are the things that I've placed huge value in that actually are a barrier from someone else knowing and encountering God? And I want to move on to the exact same thing again. So we're not really moving on, but we are moving on. You see, we can't say all lives matter yet because black lives don't matter. And so when we say black lives matter, the confusion for white people has been pushing one over another. When really, when we say black lives matter, what we're really saying is black lives don't matter currently as it stands right now. The vast majority of the time, it doesn't matter. And the sad thing is that that is actually true. That's actually true. That's true in the UK and it's true in America right now. And some people are confused as why people in the UK are out on the streets and are pushing the same discussion and with such passion because they're like, it's in America. Racism isn't in America. Racism is, is everywhere. And this situation that those of us identify with that's over there has triggered something within us and an opportunity, a fantastic, beautiful, wonderful opportunity that something beautiful and incredible can be associated with the name George Floyd. And that will be change. Significant, real, lasting change in our generation and in future generations. I want to move on. Zeals for his house will consume him. I want to say that every single one of us, 
We need to allow the Holy Ghost to come into our lives to the point where zeal for his house consumes us. And let me tell you something. This started for us, City Hill, last Sunday, which was Pentecost. And Pentecost is where God pours out his spirit on all flesh. He breathed life into Adam and he became a living, breathing thing. And then George's breath was taken away. And then God says in Joel, I will pour my spirit on all flesh, all flesh, all flesh. And so if God is pouring his spirit upon all flesh, then we have to have zeal for his house because his house, the temple, was where the Holy Spirit dwelt. But then the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. God would no longer live in that temple. So when Jesus clears that temple, now we need to clear this temple. And every single one of us that is a part of the family of God has to open our hearts to say what tables in my life need to flip over that this can be a house of prayer for the nations. That me as an individual, that us as a City Hill London collective have to create room for others to come to talk and engage with the Father. If he is pouring out his spirit on all flesh, Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross is to free all people throughout all space and all time. Zeal for his house needs to consume us. And then I want to flip it up now. I want to look at Matthew chapter 21 and verse 12. And if you haven't guessed it, we're still looking at the same story from different eyes. Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my father's house should be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And the blind and lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things he did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies? You have prepared praise. I want to say that there is something beautiful in this passage. And I want to warn everyone. And this is what is going to happen. You see, as soon as you start to clear out that space, as soon as you start to make actions and steps that create rooms for others to know God, that's when the oppression comes. That's when the force comes against you. That's when the powers that be, the principalities come against you. That's when these are the religious rulers who should have been enforcing that this area was kept sacred. This area was the only area where Gentiles should come. Jesus has turned the place upside down doing what was supposed to have happened because it says in Mark's version that it's a house of prayer for the nations, for the nations. And they all knew that's what it was supposed to be. And they couldn't go. Gentiles couldn't go into other areas of the temple. They weren't allowed access to those other areas. They had the wrong lanyard. They had the wrong VIP pass. They couldn't get in there. This was as far as they could get. And the whole area was consumed. Now, the people who should have been coming and defending that area, the chief priests and the scribes, they saw the wonderful things he did. And they heard the children, the children. Now, the reason this is important that it highlights the children were crying Hosanna. Before Jesus comes to the temple, he arrives before Passover with his disciples. And as he comes in, it's what we call Palm Sunday. People laying down these, these branches before him and him walking down. And they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, son of David. So they were saying, set, set us free, set us free. Son of David, set us free, set us free. We believe you're the Messiah, set us free from Roman rule. And as he comes into the city, he can turn one way to the Roman garrison or one way to the temple. They were cheering on the streets, all the adults, everyone cheering on the streets because he was coming to liberate them in their heads from the Romans. Instead, he went to the, the, the temple, not the garrison. And that's where he starts whipping and flipping the tables over. 
because they haven't made room for the Gentiles. They haven't made room for the oppressors to come in and pray. Wow. So you can understand now, while we're at a place where only the children, the future generations, can see, truly see. So here's my thing. My thing at the moment is my heart is really focused on, on Gen Z, on Gen Generation Z. My heart is really focused on them at this time because you know what? They're just believing for it. So many of us have got to an age where we've, we've started to tap out, where we've started to go, you know what? We're just going to let go. We've almost let go. We, we say we haven't given up verbally, but we, we almost have, if we're honest, of the assessment of different age groups. So it's like one generation takes us from here to here, and then it's like so exhausting and such hard work to get here that then to push on again is like, oh, and so you need another generation to come along. And so there's a generation standing outside that were cheering him on for liberation. He hasn't come to set them free from the Romans. He's come to set them free from all slavery, from all sin, throughout all space, throughout all time. He's come to die on the cross and be what John the Baptist said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And in this moment, He's, he's turned the place over, and as soon as he's turned the place over, he's created space for the blind. He's created space for the lame, so that the blind can see again. And you know what? Maybe today you need to see again, and see that change is possible, and change is coming. Maybe, maybe you've stopped moving towards the change, and being the legs and the hands, and it, ah, oh man, Maybe you're lame. He wants to heal you again. Maybe you're feeling exhausted by the whole thing and worn down. I want to tell you, you may feel blind. He's going to open the eyes of the blind when we create the space for this. He's going to open the eyes of the blind when we create the space for this. He's going to heal those who can't move. And those who are going to move are going to move carrying the solutions that we need. But I want you to know that it's the children right now in London. It's the children out on the streets in America. And it's the children crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, set us free, set us free. And you know what? As the church, we've got to allow zeal for his house because all lives matter. And that's what the house represented. All lives matter. That temple court where Jesus turns the tables over, that is all lives matter. But he has to flip it over because there's a set of lives that don't matter. The Gentiles, everything in that area that was meant to be the only place Gentiles could come, they'd made it only about the Jews. And he was like, no, Gentile lives matter. Black lives matter. And all lives can't matter while black lives don't matter. We've got to create the space. We've got to create the space. There is power in the space. There is power in the space. You see, when you start to remove things, you make room for new things. We've got to make room for new things. We've got to make room for new solutions. We've got to make room for new creative approaches. I mentioned, guys, about Sabbath. Let me tell you, in this season, if you're black and you're not having a digital Sabbath, you're going to absolutely mash yourself up. You've got to take a day where you stay away from that social media. Get yourself healthy. Get yourself re-energized by the Lord. Let zeal for his house consume you that you can step out and be the change again. At City Hill London, we've done our short-term thing, which is the knee-jerk thing, where we've given money to Black Lives Matters in the US uh, for now. But we're actually going to create a load of different things. We're going to create resources. We're going to create new solutions and new means. And we're going to do everything within our power, regardless of the size that we are. We don't see that as a weakness. We see that as absolute strength. 
and we are gonna be releasing and creating resources. We're gonna unleash the potential in the kids who are shouting Hosanna, son of David. The kids shouting Hosanna set us free. We're gonna enable them to tell their stories. We're gonna empower them. And we're also gonna find out from them what it is that they need, what it is that's going on with them, what it is from their experiences. Because at the moment, people feel like it's not an issue over here. Well, we're gonna tell the story because it is an issue over here and it has been an issue for a long time. I'm gonna pray for us and that'll be it for this Sunday. Father, I thank you that there was room for me in the temple and that those who sought to fill that space and not allow people like me, Gentiles, to come and engage, you lost the plot. That I can see modelled in you, Jesus, someone who flipped over the tables, kicked out all the businesses in that area that were stopping it, cleared everyone out, everything that didn't matter. Father, those who supposedly should have been the ones instigating and keeping that safe area safe Instead, criticized Jesus and sought to defeat him and destroy him. I thank you, Lord, that even though he was crucified, he rose from the dead. And I thank you that we will all rise with him as well. Father, I pray for each one of us to search our own hearts for the people group that we don't let in, but we allow religious, superficial things to fill up those spaces. Father, would you teach each of us to create the space? Father, would you help us to see again that we wouldn't be blind? Father, would you help us not be lame anymore, but to be legs and hands and feet that carry your good news and your kingdom in Jesus' name. And Father, would you help us have the spirit of youth again that we continue to cry out, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna to the son of David to the point that they were indignant. May we be indignant in crying for your deliverance that all can be a part of this family and be cherished. You've said that People would know we are your disciples by our love for one another. May we at City Hill be a church where every race and every people and every type of person could come and be loved and cherished, not only by you, but by each other in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So if there's one thing to learn from this, TLC were wrong and the remix was right. I don't want no pigeons. So have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Make room. Make room. Make room. Allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart for who you're keeping out. Change is coming because we're all deciding to change regardless of what anyone else says and it will grow in Jesus name. Have a great week guys. Can't wait to see you. Woo! Love you all. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. We are the light, we are the light.